there's a proper timing for that brisket to be done. And when you wait on it and you devour it, it is like heaven in your mouth. I don't think that's a good illustration. What, cause, why? Because burnt ends are unbelievable. Oh, burnt ends are so good. <laughs> I'm a burnt end. Welcome to Talkin' Truth, the podcast that brings together conservative pastor Brian Clark and famous comedian Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy. Get her done. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life. Now let's join Brian for today's look at God's Word, followed by conversation and a little fun with Brian, Dan, and today's guest, Pastor Nat Crawford. Now, here's Brian. Over the years, I've done several hundred funerals. One question I always ask the family is how they want their loved one to be remembered. In nearly 40 years of asking that question, I've never had anyone say, make sure you mention he had a big house or a fancy car or had this status or that title. There's something in that moment that makes it clear those things just don't matter. So what does matter? Well, stop and think about it. How would you like to be remembered when you're gone? What one word would you like put on your tombstone? Genesis 25 is Abraham's funeral message. My favorite line in the message is when the writer states, he died in a ripe old age, an old man, and satisfied with life. The Hebrew word translated satisfied means to be content. What a beautiful thing to die content, satisfied with life. This is especially true when we realize we live in a culture of discontentment. We're dissatisfied with our house or our car or our job, our career. We're dissatisfied with our marriage or that we're not married or how we look or how we feel about ourselves. What would it take for you to die satisfied with life? How did this happen for Abraham? Well, in a word, faith. Abraham believed God and that set the trajectory of his life and he died satisfied. As we close this season of Genesis, it might be good to review some of the lessons of faith we have learned from Abraham. God called Abraham to leave Ur of the Chaldeans to travel to a place God would give him. In our story, Ur represents this world. Abraham would have to leave the things of this world behind to take an amazing adventure with God. By faith, he trusted God, so he left Ur for the adventure of a lifetime. Faith isn't easy. Everyone has to take that first step. If Abraham hadn't left Ur, nothing that followed would have been possible. Maybe that's where some of you are right now. You have to be willing to take that first step. If the things of this world haven't satisfied, maybe it's time to think about taking a step of faith and trusting God. Abraham's nephew Lot started out on the journey with Abraham but drifted away to pursue the things of this world. Lot wanted more of what he saw in Egypt. He gazed into the valley of Sodom, which reminded him of Egypt. Then he pitched his tent toward Sodom. Then he moved into Sodom. Lot thought Sodom would make him happy, but he was miserable. He lost his way and the story ended badly. No one would say Lot died satisfied with life. God invited Abraham into a covenant relationship with him. He promised to be Abraham's God and to make him into a great nation. 
and through a descendant of Abraham, all the nations of the world would be blessed. But Abraham struggled with thoughts of what would happen if he failed to keep his end of the deal. So God promised his blood would be shed to pay for Abraham's inability to keep the covenant. Abraham believed, and his belief was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham was not a perfect man. He failed to trust God on many occasions, and each time he made a mess of things. His fears caused him to lie about Sarah twice, putting her in danger. He and Sarah grew tired of waiting for a child and decided to do things their own way with Hagar, which led to disaster. But in each situation, God was faithful, and Abraham got back on track. But overall, Abraham was a remarkable person of faith, demonstrated ultimately by his willingness to offer his son Isaac in obedience to God's command. God's command could not have made any sense to Abraham, but by faith he trusted God, and once again God showed himself faithful. Abraham did not become a hero of faith overnight. It was a long, difficult road. But Abraham was determined to believe, and God was faithful every step of the way. In the end, he died satisfied with life. That's quite a statement, considering he died living in a tent in a land God promised, but he never possessed. Abraham understood what mattered and trusted God by faith to keep his promise. In the words of the writer of Hebrews, by faith, Abraham and Sarah desired a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Of course, the Abraham story ultimately points to Jesus as the fulfillment of the promise. He would shed his blood for our inability to keep the covenant. He would be the son the father would sacrifice for sin. And like Abraham, salvation would not come from good works or religious activity, but by believing. We believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and God credits that belief to our account as righteousness. We started this season in Genesis with the words of Leanne Womack's hit song, I Hope You Dance. When you have a chance to sit it out or dance, I hope you dance. For if you do... I have every confidence you will die satisfied with life. So let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about Abraham one final time. Guys, how many people do you think will actually die satisfied with life? And why do you think we live in a culture of discontentment? I think 13 is the magic number on that one, right? 13 people. Right. Die. Yeah, that's what, that what I had. That's what I had. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not well, many. No. <laughs> no, I, no, I think it'll be more than 13. Well, people will die of discontent because they think the world makes them content, but it doesn't make them mm-hmm. content. It makes them more miserable. Yeah. You know, that's why some people are like, I'm going to go buy, they'll go buy things that can make them happy for a few days. You know what I mean? You go buy stuff that makes you happy and it doesn't mm-hmm. continue. So the world is full of things 
that make you happy for a little bit, but they don't make you content. They don't mm. make you hopeful. Mm. They don't. They definitely don't make you joyful. Mm-hmm. Joyful and, and happiness are two different things. Right. One of the main things and one of the reasons why I loved it, wanted to do this podcast with you guys is the, just the thing that you said there at the very end. Uh, salvation wouldn't come from good works or religious activity, but by believing. Hmm. That's what it's all about. And and you, to believe what Jesus did, it's all about the gospel. That's what it's about. And I love that thing you said at the end. It, it doesn't come from good works or religious activity, but by believing. And I also love uh, where Abraham was not a perfect man. Now, here's a guy. I honestly feel that his faith walk is a great example to us. Even Abraham struggled with things. Mm. And I I find this whole thing as a, this uh, 25, 1 through 11, I find a big encouragement to myself Mm. because here you have one of the heroes of the Bible and the same stupidity Mm. that I do and you do and Brian does, Mm. the same stuff. But in each situation, God was faithful and Abraham was faithful and got back on track. Mm. That is such an encouraging mm. sentence for all of us. And it's so true, man. We're going to screw up. We're going to do something stupid. But God is faithful, man. And he'll put you He'll put you back on track. I loved your thing in the beginning about when you're doing a funeral, you always ask the family how they want their loved one to be remembered. It reminds me of a story. <laughs> of a joke about the two brothers were construction guys. They were big wigs, tons of money, and one of them died, but they were complete jerks. Nobody liked them, but they were loaded. Hmm. And the one brother died, and so the other brother said, look, our mom's going to be here at the funeral. Could you just somewhere in the sermon say that, that he was a saint? Because she would love it if you called the preacher called him a saint, mm. and the preacher's struggling. I can't do that. This guy is a nobody. He was really a horrible person, and he says, "I'll tell you what I'll do. I got. I'm going to give you two hundred thousand dollars for your building project if you say he was a saint." So he's like, "Well." All right, <laughs> we gotta get these buildings built. <laughs> so at the sermon, he got up there and he said, uh, "But Jim was unfaithful. He was a liar. He was a cheater. He was a womanizer. Foul mouth. But next to his brother over there, he was a saint." <laughs> 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 that reminded me of that joke. Oh my gosh! But yeah, that's got to be tough, Brian, to do funerals from somebody that. Uh, I mean, how do you do that? I mean, yeah, it could be challenging. And one, you of know, the- my dad used to say uh, they always wanted him to preach him into heaven. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, uh, that's true. That yeah, really is. it's a challenge. One of the things that's really interesting about that is. You have people that these are things they live for their whole life, and everybody knew it. But in that moment, in that conversation, it doesn't come up. Right. It, it's like this person lived his life for 
money or stuff or status. Mm-hmm. But in that conversation, you know, you think about that, 40 years, several hundred funerals, never one time has one family member ever said, make sure you mention those things. Mm-hmm. I call it the funeral perspective. It, mm-hmm. It's a perspective of what ultimately matters and, and what's necessary to, to die satisfied with life. Yeah, you know, us in this room, I mean, we have the right eternal perspective, but yet this is still really hard to do. You almost have to continually check yourself and go back and say, okay, am I today really re-upping that commitment? And I think part of that comes back to the whole story of Abraham. It was a process. It was a long waiting on God. God's faithful. God, what what he promises, he will do but it takes time. And so many of us want to uh, short circuit that process. We want to circumvent the waiting on God. So we settle. We do settle for those everyday moments of happiness or those blips that give us a little piece of satisfaction. But in the end, we always fall flat. It never truly brings us uh, happiness. It was kind of like at our house, we were making brisket. Brisket takes a long time. You can't shortcut the experience to get a good brisket. If you pull it out too early, it's tough. You pull, you know, because it's not fully cooked and the fat hasn't rendered, you go too long and it becomes just a burnt nugget. There's a proper timing for that brisket to be done. And when you wait on it and you devour it, it is like heaven in your mouth. I don't think that's a good illustration. What, cause, why? Because burnt ends are unbelievable. Oh, burnt ends are so good. <laughs> so that's kind so, of, so, but that's, that's where not God, a good... No, but that is because that's where God <laughs> takes our screw-ups and he bases them in barbecue sauce ah, and makes them delicious. And the, we're the burnt uh, ends. We're now the burnt oh, ends. I was thinking more in terms of a toast. That's more my speed. Like, you got to get the toast oh, just right. <laughs> How's, how's your Christian life going? I'll be honest. I'm a burnt end. I'm a burnt end. Right. I'm toast. I'm, I'm toast. Oh, that does work right there. Right? But I do think it is It is a process of waiting on God. And when we do, it's worth it. But we got to learn to quit settling along the way. Absolutely. Well, people just need look. Everybody hates the name Jesus in secular areas. You know what I mean? Mm. It gets so much pushback. Because Satan does not like Jesus Christ. The darkness does not like Mm. Jesus Christ. And so that's, you just got to be courageous, man. You just got to be courageous. I mean, this is what this is all about. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ Mm. and what he did for us. Jesus came to the earth to live as a man, to experience the things that we experience so that we go through the same things he went through. And then he sacrificed his life to take care of our sins, rose again Mm. to defeat death. That's the gospel. And if you believe that gospel, the next step is you got to stay engaged. Study your Bible. Have a time where you can get one-on-one with your buddy, you know, with your friend, and get one-on-one. And every day, learn a little bit more and learn a little bit more and stay engaged. Let God start to work in your life. And like you guys said, it doesn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight with Abraham. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he still messed up. And you're still going to mess up. You're still going to do dumb things. But you now you know the truth. Now you know how it works. Mm-hmm. And watch your life begin to change. Gradually begin to change from the inside out. That's what it's about. 
You know, Dan, you talk a lot about it's not religion. And I can't help but think what when people are thinking like religion, that it's good works, it's always doing everything right, it's checking the boxes. Then when we mess up and fail, then we just go backwards. It's like, I'm, I'm never going to get there because I keep messing up and I keep failing. And I think that's why either people walk away or they hide and pretend. Uh, and what's different about what you just described is if our salvation's based on what Jesus did for us, we're going to mess up just like Abraham did, but it doesn't change our salvation. So there's the freedom to experience God's forgiveness, get back on track, and keep moving forward. It's not necessary to dwell in the dark room and beat ourselves up with guilt and shame, which is, I think, what happens to somebody. That's part of what they despise about religion is they feel like they're always under God's thumb. They're always getting beat up. There's always this shame. And it comes down to because they think they need to make themselves acceptable to God. And that's where they're off track. Absolutely. That's totally where they're off track. And if people understood that, their life would turn around so much. But they they get so much false teaching and so much false doctrine that they just go, you know, I'd forget this. You know, it's too hard. And you're exactly right. They just don't really understand that concept of it. So this is the end of the Abraham story. We'll come back in another season and pick up the Isaac story. But as we say goodbye to Abraham, uh, what are one or two things about the life of Abraham that you have found challenging or encouraging from our from our study together. Well, just like I said, you know, I find it encouraging because he's just like me. He's just like a regular person. He was a regular person. The whole purpose of the Abraham story is foretelling what Jesus did for us with his sacrifice on the cross. And with Abraham, God telling him to sacrifice his son, we see how hard that must have been in his faith walk. That's just showing us, and he didn't do it. God, of course, stopped him, but it's just letting us know God did do it for us. Hmm. He did sacrifice his son. So you think Abraham was going through a rough time. That God did do that. That's what I pull out of it. It's a great mirror of what was to come. And it just shows you that here's one of your biggest heroes of the Bible that literally talked to God in conversation like we're having now Mm. and still had a hard time and messed up. And that is so encouraging to us today where we don't have that opportunity that Abraham had, but we have his examples of how he remained faithful and God was faithful to him and he got back on track. That's what I take away. You're going to screw up, but if you remain faithful, and God God is always going to remain faithful to you, and you will get back on track. I would add very little to that. God is a God who meets us where we're at, and God is the God of second chances. I think that really resonates, and I think in those regards, I'm a lot like Abraham. I uh, am a sinner saved by grace, and I've done a lot of things to screw up my life. 
And yet God says, it's all right, you're forgiven, let's go. And he will use you wherever you're at, like he's used me and he's used you, Dan, and you, Brian. We're not perfect. We are figuring this thing out. We are just everyday sinners saved by grace. And that would be my encouragement for anyone listening today. If you're listening today and you're thinking, you know what, I have made a mess. I didn't do it right. (laughs) Join the club. I wouldn't, however, I also take away from this, I wouldn't send a somebody that works for me to a town to pick out a wife for my kid. <laughs> that I'm not doing, and I'm thankful that that's. So you're saying that's that. not. So the Bible's not being prescriptive here; it's I, being descriptive, I'm, right? Yeah. I'm thankful that was only back in those days. And don't don't go to Sodom and Gomorrah if it's on the map, right? There right. might come a day when you might change your mind on that. Yeah. You might say to your son, "I'm going to choose." Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, God is so good, and he and he uses us right where we're at. The question is, are we willing to go? So our encouragement is for people to take that step of Mm. faith and to believe. Mm. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Truth. Brian and Dan will be back soon with more episodes, so be sure to subscribe. Today's Talkin' Truth is powered by GoTandem, the free spiritual fitness app. Download GoTandem today and get spiritually fit. Get it done.